0: if if the playbook is that simple then why is it that for thousands of years he he's he's had all of us chasing our tails what what makes it so hard well welcome to the intentional dad the podcast for men and their families on a journey to embrace and fulfill the promise of fatherhood this is Eric Manley back in the studio and I'm with my good friend Pete and we are moving on to the next what we've kind of called the quick hits we uh, have done some background work and and just laid a foundation for a broad discussion around the question of what story are you living and uh, that opened with an invitation to just see what we call a sacred gap between the invitation that god has for each of us as his sons and daughters to live out of the truth that you're loved you belong and you have nothing to prove and to see the contrast of that Mm -hmm. Uh, with what most of us experience in our day-to-day life is anything but that kind of peaceful existence. Mm. And so um, having started with that, we've kind of been on a journey really of exploring things that set us up to live in what we call the shadow story and what gives that life, what keeps us stuck in it. Mm. And um, in our more recent discussions, it's been a, a really deep look at the reality of an enemy that works tirelessly to keep us stuck in uh, the experience of a shadow story. Mm. And in our last discussion, we really tried to, to get under the hood and take a look at this enemy and learn about him and understand him. And while it is true that our enemy is real. He used to be taken seriously. He is deadly and highly sophisticated. All of that is true. In our last podcast, we, we did some work to peel back how he works and came to this surprising realization that for as sophisticated as he is, his playbook is shockingly simple pete where we want to pick up this this discussion is with a a question that you you put out there which is if if the playbook is that simple then why is it that for thousands of years he he's he's had all of us chasing our tails what what makes it so hard right mm. you know and, and that whole idea of the after action review that we explored a little bit right mm-hmm. just that my military experience and how we would do a training exercise and then right. come back afterwards and right. kind of pull it apart to learn and to understand, right? Mm-hmm. If we do that after action review with our enemy and we find out, oh my gosh, he does pretty much the same thing all the time. Yep. What makes this so hard? Yeah. Uh, you know, if it, if it's that cut and dried mm-hmm. and that obvious, that is the question. Mm-hmm. And, and Pete, you ask you ask that. I mean, you know, we've been down this road. I, I know yeah. I know you have some thoughts and some answers mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to why that is. And and that's that's really what we want to get into today is let's sit right. with that question. Let's explore that. Because there right. is an answer, and it's very revealing. Um, and it's very important to have clarity on on this. Mm-hmm. And so what we're gonna talk about today, the answer has a single word, at least from my perspective, this is right. this is how I explain it, and that word is illusion.
1: Mm. It is illusion, mm-hmm.
0: and um, there is a little bit of a risk in kind of boiling down to one word like mm-hmm. that. And the the risk is uh, that you could hear that word illusion and kind of come to the mm-hmm. conclusion that well, if it's just illusion, then I should be able to swat it away like a mosquito, mm-hmm. and and it's simple. No. We are talking about a sophisticated enemy who is simple with his playbook, but in his sophistication can weave together in a very customized and very personal way Mm. uh, an illusion that draws us into an experience of a false reality that Mm. feels very, very
1: real. You know, that image that came up into my mind last time, as we were winding down of, you know, gosh, if, if it's that easy or simple, yeah. um, why is it so hard? Yeah. Why do we, you know, I had the image of going up a down escalator, yeah. right? Yes, yes, yes. And the illusion could be, uh, the, the sign says up, but it's going down. Mm-hmm. But the illusion is I'm going in the right direction, but mm-hmm. why am I not getting anywhere? Right. Why am I, you know, I can see the top. But I, but I'm, but I'm fighting it. Right. And, and I think that's just, you know, we live in a, we live in a world that is so busy and crowded with, you know, input, you know, coming at us all the time, just stimulus coming Mm -hmm. at us all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, so in a lot of ways, if I can, if I can, you know, kind of pull a personal Part of mm-hmm. what the conversation you and I had earlier is mm-hmm. we, we were talking about some of the things that we're wrestling with, and and the the point came up of how you know when when you meet with people one on one and hear their mm-hmm. stories, you mm-hmm. tend to become emotionally fatigued, mm-hmm. and then that fatigue opens us up to you know being vulnerable to some of these lies, mm-hmm. unrealities mm-hmm. that that can come across our bow, yeah, right? and so. That's a, I think that's a big part of it is we, we don't, we're not very good Mm. at, you know, pacing ourselves, slowing down, Mm. paying attention to how is my heart right now? How how, how am I, how am I receiving this? Why Mm. am I responding that way? And that's all a part of the illusion, I think. The illusion is. is saying oh no, you need to, you need to go after that. You need to do more. You yeah. need to, to get more done in a day or a week or a month or a year. And, and, and we, out of our good heart, I think a lot of times yeah, we, we fall for that Yeah, and we're pulled into that. So I just think it's a, I think it's a very important place to start. And I almost get the feeling like maybe some of our listeners would be going, well, you know, that's, that's almost too simple, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost too easy. But what, what I don't want our our listeners to mm-hmm. assume is that it's it's not worth paying attention to. This this is a very simple idea um, that has just huge implications yeah. in the way we walk through our life and with God.
0: Yeah, it really does. And and I think that's that's probably really important to recover up front. When when we're talking about illusion, the risk is it invites this this flippant mindset like yeah. oh well this is just really simple and we can almost become right. kind of Pollyanna about it mm-hmm. right no 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 we're talking about something very heavy and deeply personal yeah. <laughs> right Dense. Uh, Dense and, forest. and if you haven't picked up on this by now the sacred gap that we kind of started mm-hmm. all of this with the way through there's no way to get there without a fight you you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Our enemy is no paper tiger. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there there are things that we're gonna start walking into that explore what it looks like to fight. Mm-hmm. But make no mistake, there is a fight. All right. And so in calling something an illusion, what we're trying to do is just highlight a truth that continues to help us orient. Um to, to what's in front of us, okay? And the thrust of the story of Scripture goes back to something that we have explored in previous podcasts, where God created, it was all good, it was all perfect. Then we have this horrible story of Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and all of that being disrupted and yeah. destroyed and undermined, right? Mm-hmm. And an enemy who was at work in the middle of that sowing those seeds of destruction, mm-hmm. okay? The rest of the story of Scripture Points to a work that God does to restore and recover and redeem all that was lost and broken. Mm. And it points specifically to a person, Jesus Christ, who entered into the middle of all of that. Mm. And here's the summary of the story His death was the perfect sacrifice that satisfied the curse. Mm. So
1: mm.
0: we are, in fact, free. And when Jesus said, it is finished, and he gave up his spirit, there's one other part of Scripture that captures just how full and complete the work was. Mm. That it says the curtain in the temple, mm. in the Holy of Holies, where God was, uh, that was, that was home for the Hebrew people. They understood that to be God's home mm. on earth. And there was a, a shroud, a curtain, that separated that space in the temple. It was torn mm-hmm. from top to bottom. And if, if you understand a little bit about what that structure was, it was no small curtain, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it ripped from top to bottom. Yeah. So symbolically, it's all open. Everything is available again for mm-hmm. this design to be restored, oneness with God, harmony with each other. Bottom line, mm-hmm. freedom is, in fact, the ultimate reality. Right Now, that takes us back to the sacred gap. In the question you asked, right? So, Pete, if that is true, why is it so distant? Why do we not experience that? Well, so our enemy, what does he have left? The only thing he has left is to keep us invested in a false interpretation of reality.
1: Yep. Illusion. So part, part of my response would be, that we are still faced every day with the, you know, kind of that, that interaction that Adam and Eve had with the serpent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, surely you won't die. You know, God's kind of just holding out on you. Mm-hmm. There's something, there's something in that, that is not easy to shed. Mm-hmm. We grow up in a world that tells us that we do need to perform in order to receive the reward Mm. in the midst of a reality that we're talking about, where the work has been done. All we have to do is surrender to that Mm -hmm. truth to turn our hands and our hearts over. So there's, you know, it just feels like there's, it's a a setup in a lot of ways in, in the, in the way that we're raised to believe that there's still something left to be done Yep. because I don't feel important i don't feel accomplished i don't feel you know on any given day i feel like i'm messing something up yep so you know there's and and that i think that's that that's that playbook that becomes so simple because the enemy doesn't have to do a lot of creative things you know he doesn't have to come up with anything new right and to say oh well you didn't do enough today correct And so, you know, false comparison and you could you could bring all of these different things in which we'll do some of that as we go along. But but I just I feel like there's this, you know, that that place that we all live where Mm -hmm. we get these two messages that are that are opposed to one another. There's still that message that you are not doing a good enough job. It's not enough. Yeah, it's not enough. It's not enough. I think that's what makes it so elusive and so. Hard to wrap our our minds around, our hearts around. And, yeah.
0: and, it, and, and and in that dual message, right? So there's there's the the difference between okay, we we hear the truth that that kind of freedom is available. We we hear that mm-hmm. what do we experience? Yes. Right. And our experience is pervasive. Mm-hmm. It it comes at us non Right we are swarmed with it right and that's why I, that's why i start with the theology right so understanding our context universe at war mm-hmm. right and the prize is the human heart mm-hmm. right and our our mortal enemy is after that prize with a vengeance that goes deeper than i think we can really fully appreciate mm-hmm. right and Absolutely. so he, he has to swarm us with these false interpretations. Mm-hmm. He has to swarm us with these experiences and uh, a message. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that in our next mm-hmm. podcast a message that reinforces this idea right that it's up to us to satisfy our deepest desires and, and in fact that's you know that's a quote there's um, an author his name is Tyler Statton. Mm-hmm. And he's written a book that I've picked up recently. It's called Praying Like Monks and Living Like Fools. Mm -hmm. Beautiful book. One thing I wanted to draw out of that to offer today Mm -hmm. was um, this this, uh, notion of sin. And I know that's not necessarily the most popular thing to talk about, but but we have to. I want to recover from that, though, Mm -hmm. that um, usually, at least in my experience, sin was always brought up and it was always brought up in a shroud of shame, Mm -hmm. right? And it it painted this image of a God that was kind of holding a two by four Mm -hmm. and just waiting for my next mess up to -hmm. to whap me upside the head with it. You know, here's here's all the things that you're messing up on. Here's all the ways that you come Mm -hmm. up short. Mm -hmm. No, thanks. I I don't want to have a discussion (laughs) about that, right? Whereas, you know, the part of the recovery in seeing God as he truly is, Mm. is a a father who looks at sin in a very different way. Mm. He sees it as pain that needs healing, not uh, misbehavior that needs punishment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is his heart in that, right? And so Tyler Statton, author and pastor, he he offered this insight into what sin really is, and it speaks to what gives this illusion so much life. Sin is anything we do to try to satisfy our deepest desires out of our own resources, right? And so there, there is something divinely woven into all of us, this thing called desire. And Desire in and of itself is good. It's God-given. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, right? And surface behaviors, perversions of our desire, mm-hmm can very easily cloud the beautiful divine goodness that is underneath sometimes Mm -hmm. some pretty unsavory behaviors, Mm -hmm. right? And the the temptation is to believe that the desire itself is bad. Right. It's not. (laughs) It's what we do with it, you know, Mm -hmm. and and other authors, uh, I think Comer, um, John Mark Comer, another author that has a lot of beautiful things to write and he's, he's written many books. He calls sin, Uh, misplaced desire so it's it's a similar idea but it's it's this whole notion of recovering the beauty of desire Mm. and recognizing that what the illusion does is compels us to take that desire to places that promise to satisfy it but ultimately boil down to trying to satisfy it of my own resources Right. right and so the swarming of the illusion is constantly presenting a reality that our desires mm-hmm. can be satisfied in what we do, what we have, what others say about us, do more, be more, have more. It's reaching for the kingdom without the king, mm-hmm. right? So all of that, that that's what breathes life into this illusion, and mm-hmm. that's what makes it so thorny. That's mm-hmm. what makes it so heavy and so thick. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a lot of untangling that
1: needs to start happening. Right. More. thought that comes up for me, Eric, is... Um, something that I heard years and years ago, but it was, you know, I think one of the greatest illusions that the enemy has pulled off and that we believe or that we get sucked into is that, you know, I'm not here. This is just you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so what you're describing there makes me think of that because it's like, if we think that there's only two characters in this story then the mm. thoughts that come from the enemy that we don't even believe is there mm-hmm. are are in a sense forcing us or inviting us to second guess everything yeah. that that we have learned about God's love and and you know the that it is finished. There's nothing else that we can do. Jesus plus nothing yeah. is all there is for us as His followers. But if we don't really believe. That there's a third character, a third right. voice, someone that not only is just there as an annoyance. He's not a mosquito, mm, right? <laughs> he 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 hates us. He hates yeah. God. Anything God loves, he hates, and he wants to destroy. So, it in a lot of ways it starts with, you know, this idea that no, there is another voice that is influencing me, mm-hmm. and the illusion is that. Oh well, no, that
0: it doesn't exist.
1: That, well, yeah. it either doesn't exist or it's in it's it's in two extreme forms. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's either a cartoon character or it's a horrible, you know, a horror flick mm-hmm. r- rendition of evil. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not a it, it's not an everyday, all day type of enemy that's that's cunning and and sneaky and, you know, comes in, you know, under the tent and mm. all of a sudden he's there and and if we don't if we don't appreciate the fact that that is also yeah. theology yes right yes we have an enemy yes and that he seeks to kill steal and destroy yes it's right out of the mouth of jesus mm. in the same sentence of that you know i have come to give you life and life to the full. Mm-hmm. so it's ironic that we believe the second part of that verse but we don't really believe and apply the, the first part, right. right? We need both. Um, yeah. So, you know, that just helps me as I think of the illusion mm-hmm. part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of where does it start and how, how did we, you know, how do we get to that place where even even what Tyler said, you know, that sin is shorthand mm-hmm. for any attempt mm-hmm. to meet our deep needs by our own resources. Mm-hmm. But if, we, if we're not aware that mm-hmm. the enemy is going to do everything he possibly can mm-hmm. to keep us from knowing mm-hmm. and then believing and trusting mm-hmm. it by faith that that's true, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then, you know, we're on that escalator and and we're just, we're trying to go somewhere. We're not going anywhere. If, mm-hmm. if any, if anything, we're going backwards. Go backwards. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Your exploration there of, of the enemy and how he presents himself. It just, it came to mind. one of One of my favorite, movies. Uh, this series is Lord of the Rings. I, I just, I love those, love those movies. Right. And um, your, your discussion there just kind of brought a thought of a scene back mm-hmm. to mind early on when the the hobbits are just beginning their journey mm-hmm. and they come across Aragorn and um, mm-hmm. they begin following him. Mm-hmm. And one of them talking to the other says, how do we know we can trust this Aragorn? Right. And it was uh, Frodo. Frodo said, If he weren't trustworthy, he would look fairer and feel fouler, Mm. right? And that is the subtlety with which our enemy works, right? That he presents himself through the illusion uh, in things that look fair, look beautiful, Mm. look and feel right. And he plays on these desires that we have, these good desires. And through the illusion compels us again and again and again and again to take our desires to places that feel like they can fulfill our desires, but never do, and keep us chasing our tail Mm. over and over and over again. And that leads to fruit, right? If that goes far enough down the road, then disillusionment Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. opens the door to disillusionment. It opens the door to to bitterness and anger. It opens Uh, the door to resentment. It opens mm -hmm. the door to resignation, to Mm -hmm. passivity. Take a look. (laughs) (laughs) I offer my own story, right? And I I have known all of that fruit, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. But it is this, Never-ending swarming of mm. these false realities, right? That play on these God-given desires mm. and say you can have everything you want if you can have everything you want over here, mm-hmm. and it's it, it is the life of the illusion. That is what makes this so hard, yes, and it's so personal, mm. right? Um, and and that's what gives it life, okay? And I, I'm going to bring up a quote from Eldridge here, Pete, because this is kind of where, where we start to shift the discussion, okay, mm-hmm. in, in this awareness of this thing that's going on here. Um, it puts us in a place where we can start to poke through it, mm-hmm. okay? But let's, let, let's just take, take in this quote because I think it's, it's, it's just very, very insightful. Eldridge, in his book, Get Your Life Back, he says, Life has a way of eroding our confidence in the goodness of God. Mm. What a ridiculous understatement. Let me try again. Life is a savage assault striking at random, poisoning our heart's assurance that God is good or at least good toward us. This makes it so hard to find more of God, to receive him in fresh and wonderful ways into our being. So it's here we must seek healing, and now is a good time to do so. And that's that word. (laughs) I emphasized it. Healing. Mm -hmm. Healing. So much of what we actually pursue, and the illusion compels us to do it, is what I call coping. Mm. And as necessary as coping is, right because look, we live, we live in a universe at war mm-hmm. There is pain, there is suffering, there is heartbreak, there is despair mm-hmm. of unmet desire mm. that we all experience and that's hard. <laughs> unmet desire is so very hard yeah And so we learn to cope, right yeah. And it's necessary. But the the offer is for something so much deeper than mm-hmm. coping. Mm-hmm. It's for healing. And yeah. part of that healing process is learning what it takes to break through this
1: illusion. Right. Uh, this image comes up in my mind, Eric, of, that you know, as you described that, there there is no neutral ground. Right. There's no Switzerland. There's no... no there's no place where we can just strive to get to where none of this, what, what's the word? None of this savage assault mm-hmm. will affect us or, yeah. or, or, you know, interrupt my comfortable little life. It, mm-hmm. That again, another illusion that somehow if I can, if I can put this thing together, if I can orchestrate something that will help me feel fulfilled and safe and hopeful and happy and all, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what, I mean, those are, those are good desires, Mm -hmm. but, but the idea is no, no, we are in a war. Yeah. I remember long time ago, John Eldridge used an example of, you know, it would be like showing up on the beaches of Normandy Mm -hmm. with a lawn chair and a good novel. You know, the, the, the idiocy of that thought, right. Yeah. But that is, the way a lot of us approach life, it is, it is,
0: yeah, and and you know to to keep shame out of that, of course we do because sure. the illusion is at work yeah. that keeps us from seeing things as they truly mm-hmm. are, and this is why this is why I find it so important to present this idea of illusion. Yep. Okay, so we we have this contrast, Pete, right? So we we have this thing that. Um, we can get to a place where we see in Scripture the story that's told. We see that Jesus uttered those words. It is finished. Mm-hmm. And we can come to the place of propositional truth, right? Can acknowledge, okay, done, got it. Propositional meaning there's, there's a fact, and we look at it, and we agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. fact. Yep. But we don't know it. Right. All right, knowing in 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 uh, the eastern mind mm-hmm. is not a head knowing. <laughs> right, right. It's right. a deep, deep personal experiential mm. knowing. Yeah, right. And so for Jesus to say it is finished and to declare that that is reality in the eastern mind, that's something to be known and experienced. Mm. Right. So that means if we're not knowing that, if we're not experiencing that, there's an invitation here. Mm All right. Mm -hmm. Now here's, that's the good news. There's an invitation. There is a way there. Right. Okay. Here's the bad news. You got to fight for it. Yeah. And so this kind of comes down to the nuts and bolts of, okay, I get it. Now what this illusion thing in my experience usually unfolds in claiming a reality I have not yet begun to experience
1: Mm.
0: and claiming it and claiming it again and standing on it and growing in my capacity for resilience Mm. and persistence. Mm. It's something that requires a steady attention. Mm -hmm. And it's also something that requires a growing awareness of the things that try to distract you Mm -hmm. from that. Things that feel very, very real. Mm. And that is the tug of war of this issue of illusion. Mm -hmm. There is no formula, but there is a reality Mm. that I think is just very important to acknowledge. Yes. Right.
1: Yeah. And I would say um, uh, that's really good. Um, And I would say that I tried to do that for a long time alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, You know, one of the things that I'd love for our listeners to, to grasp is <clears throat> it is very difficult to do any of these things by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we try and part of, part of it is shame. We don't want anybody to know yeah. what we're struggling with and what we're not believing or how it's not being, you know, worked out into our lives. But the other yeah. part of it is, without you in mm-hmm. my life mm-hmm. and without the conversations that we have mm-hmm. and without the feedback that we give each other and, and the grace that we give each other and, yeah. and how we, you know, how we interact with each other as we, as we, you know, journey through all these things we're talking about, I couldn't do it by myself. Yeah. And so, you know, as we step into this invitation, yeah, there is part of it that is in solitude. Yep. But we can't forget that we need each other in this process yeah. too. That's why that's why we were created as relational beings, mm-hmm. so that so that we can learn and and grow and be loved by and love each other. Yeah, because it is such a battle. It is. It is fierce, mm-hmm. and and we will get taken out. In a second, if we try to do it alone, yeah, does that make sense. It does, and, in, and, and process here.
0: totally does. And 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 the reality is, those things we experience, we can call them illusion, mm-hmm. but that does nothing to dispel just how real the experiences are, yeah. right? And just you know, a little peek behind the curtain. I won't you know get into the whole detail, but Pete, before we came down to record, I, I shared with you mm-hmm. how things have been going for the last few days right. for me, right. And, and we almost we, didn't do this we almost didn't do this seriously seriously mm-hmm. i i was in a really low point mm-hmm. yesterday that i i felt really compelled to call you and say i need to not do this mm-hmm. because i'm just in 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 a really low place mm-hmm. right but but the gift of sharing in this understanding together mm-hmm. is that not only um are we invited to kind of see things as they are and start engaging the fight for ourselves? Mm. We get to, and I mean that, get to share in that fight with others. Exactly. Right. And Pete, just like you said, you know, the, the way that we interact, you know, um, it's, it's that need for reminding, Right. You know, and one of the things that I, I can do as somebody who's journeyed with you for so long is remind you mm-hmm. in those moments when the illusion is pressing things on you that feel mm-hmm. so real. Say, mm-hmm. no, Pete, remember, remember,
1: yeah,
0: remember. And you just did that for me mm-hmm. some uh, 30, 45 minutes ago. Yeah. You really did. I, and I essential. just needed that. Yeah. So yes,
1: and and I and I can't count how many times I've needed you to do that. (laughs) It's it's a both and, right? And
0: that's that's Mm -hmm. a journeying together Mm -hmm. that that is such a central part of this. Okay, so um, where where do we take this? Mm -hmm. Okay, so again, our future podcast, we're going to get a little bit more in the weeds of what it looks like to to stand and fight, and that's where our discussions about wounds, messages, and agreements Mm -hmm. will take us. For today, this reality of the illusion. And an acknowledgement of the weightiness of it and the challenge of it, Mm -hmm. what makes it so difficult Mm -hmm. is being in a universe at war and having an enemy who is relentless (laughs) in pressing that illusion on us, seizing on our desires uh, and compelling us to satisfy those desires through some resources of our own that leads to things that feel very, very real. Mm. In other words, the the thrust of the illusion is to convince us to interpret our circumstances a certain way, mm. to interpret them through the lens of those two lies. Right. God's not good. You're not good enough. And when that illusion is pressed on us, it is always done in a way that feels so true and so (laughs) real. And I'd share one more quote here um, from Dan Allender. If God's goodness is looked for primarily in terms of events, Mm -hmm. then the verdict on his heart toward us will always hang on a new set of facts. The evil one uses the pain and confusion of a fallen world to shadow doubt over God's goodness. Wow. There's your illusion. And so the way to start pushing back, first of all, is to claim that truth, that freedom is the ultimate reality. Mm. It's there. Whether you are experiencing that yet or not does not change the fact that that is the ultimate reality. And so this is where it starts to get a little counterintuitive. Mm. We are so used to, if I'm not feeling it, it's not true. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing that you start to learn about this fight, mm-hmm. is there is something to be claimed that if your experience is at all like mine, the claiming of the truth precedes, mm-hmm. and sometimes for a while, mm-hmm. it precedes the experience. And it's something you have to stay in, and it's something yeah. that you have to be intentional about mm-hmm. on a regular basis okay and uh actually i I had one more quote that i wanted to share. this is another one from tyler staten he says uh here's a summary of the whole 66 book compilation if you want to save yourself some time i've got good (laughs) news and bad news the good news is is that you are loved loved right now without qualification or restriction loved unconditionally for who you are loved in a way you can't lose that's that Invitation into the ultimate reality. You're Mm -hmm. loved, you belong, you have nothing to prove. That's the good news. And that is, in fact, the ultimate reality. Mm -hmm. The bad news, he goes on, is that you find it very hard to believe that and even harder to experience it. Your instinct is and will forever be to try to drum up your own lovableness, to become Mm -hmm. lovable in some way you can define and control, to try to become in your own eyes what you already are in God's. The good news is called grace. The bad news is called sin. And so these are these are just different thoughts on what I describe as illusion, mm-hmm. right? The gap between the two is illusion. And so now this is kind of where I want to land this beat. So I, I want I want to get practical with something that uh, we have been practicing in our family, and to come back to that design. Um, I love this idea that it's a defiant rebellion, mm, really. I love that. Right? And I think that's my invitation is to exercise something that is really rebellious, right? But often we think of rebellion and we think of that as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Well.
1: That was when I was 17.
0: <laughs> I think it depends on what you're rebelling against, mm. right? Yep. And the rebellion here is against a world that presses this illusion. Mm. I think that there is a word that describes what is the vehicle, the fuel that most animates the illusion. Mm. Busy. Mm. And if you are at all like me and you think about the things that greet you in a day, there's just this the constant. The day. There's this constant drone of do more, be more, achieve more, have more. Mm. It's always this feeling that more is demanded of me all the time, right? And uh, you know, drive drive on the highway. Mm. How many billboards are there screaming at you just there on the on the highway? Oh yeah, right. Your phone, right? When you pick up your phone, it's demanding something of you. There's this yeah. constant motion and doing, and I think it just keeps us in the flow of the illusion. Mm-hmm. So what does rebellion look like? Stopping. Yeah. Stopping. I will not. I will not. I am for a moment going to do the thing that the world says is probably the most frowned upon thing I can do. I'm going to sit still and do nothing. That feels like rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really hard, right? And there's a psalm, Pete. Um, you know, it's, uh, let's share this one together. Psalm, it's Psalm
1: 46. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. For we will not fear, even if earthquakes come. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble, As the waters surge, the river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God himself lives in that city. It cannot be destroyed. God will protect it at the break of day.
0: Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Okay, so I, I always we always pause here. And we just reflect mm. on what the psalmist uh, offers here, and that is a description of what we experience in this world. That's like mm. the nightly news. Yeah, noise, chaos, mm. war destruction there's a pulse to what it is to live in this fallen world the Mm -hmm. white noise right Mm -hmm. and it is just always around us and you know one of the translations that we've read talks about the earth crumbling under your feet I mean how many Mm -hmm. times does it feel like you have to run so that you can find solid ground right I mean it just if you if you just take a minute and let your humanity connect with what's being described Mm -hmm. here yes Yes, this is what we experience, mm-hmm. right? And then here's here's the aha. God has something for us in the middle of a reality mm-hmm. like that. He knows. He knows this is what we experience. And mm-hmm. this is what he says to do. Be still and know that I am God. Bam. Be what? <laughs> Still.
1: And my interpretation says silent. Yeah. Be silent. Ah, just sit in silence and know. Just know that I'm God. Well. Wow.
0: And you just sit in that place where it is you and the reality of a God who sees all of what we experience and says, No, I am. Mm. I've got it. We don't feel that. We don't. The illusion presses on us anything but that reality. And so what does it look like to rebel? Mm. Be still. Know that I'm God. So what we do, this is what we've been doing as a family. We want to usher you into this. And uh, if if you're driving, go ahead and listen. But obviously you're not going to do this while while you're driving. Um, Come back to it and invite your family. To share in this but we're going to do something that um, for some if you're new to this this will seem awkward mm. but we're we're going to actually exercise that and for a minute i'm going to do it for one minute there you will hear nothing on this podcast that is intentional i just invite you to however you are come to this however you are if this is hard for you and your your, your insides are churning that's okay mm-hmm it's okay the noise of a of a world at a sprint has your insides mm-hmm. moving and that's okay right for others maybe you practice this a little bit so receive it for what it is it's an mm-hmm. opportunity to to rest in the stillness in the silence mm-hmm. again but whatever it is wherever you are take the step of rebellion this is one way that as a family we've been breaking through that illusion mm-hmm. And so I want to invite you to do that, and then we'll finish the minute um, with just a little bit more. So um, as we uh, usher our hearts into that one minute, um, I want to invite you to also pray with your body. This is a prayer. And so again, what we have done as a family is we, we sit, both feet on the ground, and we put our palms on our lap open And just let our bodies lead our hearts into an openness. And it is a posture of receiving. And I'll start our minute with God's prescription. Be still and know that I am God. So we gently come out of that place of stillness, silence. And we move toward wrapping up this particular podcast, this discussion on illusion. You've been presented with the idea of being a rebel, taking a stand against the flow of a world that wants to keep you moving. Mm -hmm. And it serves to rob you of the ultimate reality. Mm. And so acknowledging the speed of our world, I want to share with you a poem. It's a prayer by an author and pastor named Ted Loader. This comes from his book called Gorillas of Grace. And it is a prayer says, hear me quickly, Lord. Hear me quickly, Lord for my mind soon wanders to other things I'm more familiar with and more concerned about than I am with you. O timeless God, for whom I do not have time catch me with a sudden stab of beauty or pain or regret that will catch me up short for a moment to look hard enough at myself, the unutterable terror and hope within me. And so to be caught by you words will not do Lord, Listen to my tears, for I have lost much and fear more. Listen to my sweat, for I wake at night overwhelmed by darkness and strange dreams. Listen to my sighs, for my longing surges like the sea, urgent, mysterious, and beckoning. Listen to my heartbeat, for I want to live fully and stay death forever. Listen to my breathing, for I gulp after something like holiness. Listen to my clenched teeth for I gnaw at my grudges and forgive myself as reluctantly as I forgive others. Listen to my growling gut, for I hunger for bread and intimacy. Listen to my curses, for I'm angry at the way the world comes down on me sometimes and I sometimes on it. Listen to my cracking knuckles, for I hold very tightly to myself and anxiously squeeze myself into others' expectations and them into mine and then shake my fists at you for disappointing me. Listen to my sex, for I seek fulfillment through the man-woman differences and beyond the differences, a new common humanity. Listen to my footfalls, for I stumble to bring good tidings to someone. Listen to my groans, for I ache toward healing. Listen to my worried weariness, for my work matters much to me and needs help. Listen to my tension, for I stretch toward accepting who I am and who I cannot be. Listen to my wrinkles for growing years make each day singularly precious to me and bring eternity breathtakingly close. Listen to my hunched back for sometimes I can't bear the needs and demands of the world anymore and want to put it down, give it back to you. Listen to my laughter for there are friends and mercy and the day grows longer and something urges me to thank. Listen to my humming for sometimes I catch all unaware the rhythms of creation and then music without words rises in me to meet it. And there is the joy of romping children and dancing angels. Listen to my blinking eyes for at certain moments when sunlight strikes just right or stars pierce through the darkness just enough or clouds roll around just so or snow kisses the earth into quietness. Everything is suddenly transparent and crows announce the presence of another world and dogs bark at it. Something in me is pure enough for an instant to see your kingdom in a glance and so to praise you in a gasp, quick, then gone, but it is enough. Listen to me quickly, Lord. Friends, thank you for listening. That's enough for now. May God bless you and your family
1: very richly.